Hey, sexy friend. He's making me his bitch. Maybe want to get a piece of that. Pretty good. I want to talk about sexy teens. I was getting erections. It's a very creepy feeling. I can guarantee that underwear theft will come up again. None of this is relevant. Pokemon Pokeballs. 750 milliliter bottle of rum. Welcome to the Velocity Podcast. A study in monology. This is your grumpy uncle Peter. He will say words at you. I've been watching uh, Nick Cage movies. <laughs> I don't know why, but I guess I wanted to watch Pig, a Nicolas Cage film called Pig, which I thought was going to be John Wick with a pig, but it wasn't. And then I, I thought, you know, Nick Cage has hit that kind of Bruce Willis, Steven Seagal level where he makes a lot of movies. His reasoning is different. I mean, Steven Seagal makes 10, 20, 30 movies a year because that's the only way he can make money and survive. I guess that's similar. But uh, you have Nicolas Cage, who was a good actor. Steven Seagal can never claim to have been a good actor. Nicolas Cage has done good films. Why is he doing these films now? Uh, turns out like he bought an island and got in trouble with the IRS. And then now he's stuck in a world where he has to pay lots of money or he lost all his money. I didn't actually research that bit. So maybe I should shut up. No, that's the right answer. I should shut up. Anyways, he makes a lot of movies now and pig was pretty good. Uh, it was very tense. I kept waiting for violence to happen and spoiler, I guess there's not really any violence in it, which kind of made it better because it undercut all the expectations I had where I thought it was going to be John Wick. Um, and I just recently watched Color Out of Space, which was good. It's Lovecraftian, which I've realized is you can't make a good Lovecraft movie. Lovecraft horror stories are all almost mental or the scope is so big, like it's, it's world changing. And therefore, as soon as you put it down in a film and you see it, it loses impact. I started watching Lovecraft Country and it lost me pretty early on. This was better. But I realized like psychology is hard to show in movies where it's actually really good in books because then it gets into you and you imagine, you expand upon the ideas. Whereas films are supposed to walk you through them. Then we get to the piece de resistance. Uh, he made a film called Jiu-Jitsu. He was in it. I don't think he was. Frank Grillo, Tony Jaw, and Nicolas Cage are in this film. Frank Grillo might be the one you don't know, but you didn't recognize him. He was like an Avengers. He's been in a lot of other movies. Tony Jaw, if you're an action fan, you know who he is. He did huge action films and then decided, ah, I'm going to stop this lifestyle and be a Buddhist. And then it turns out being Buddhist doesn't pay that well. So then he came back to movies, but he sort of missed his opportunity to get to the next level. So he's actually dropped down. He was in the Monster Hunter movie. That That's problematic in itself. So Jiu-Jitsu, the film, I really would like to have been in the meeting. I always want to be in the meetings where they have these conversations and discuss the idea and say like, let's do this thing. 
so they sat down and said, we're going to make a movie and it's not Predator. Let's be really clear about that. Uh, there's an alien that comes to Earth and he goes invisible and has sort of more advanced technology, but it's not Predator. And he's sort of hunting people in not, let's not make it a jungle, but a, a foresty sort of Asian country. But it's not Predator because Predator happens in South Africa, South America. Um, it's So the premise of this film is that every six years, a comet goes by the earth and a portal opens and this not predator comes through the portal looking for a fight. That was what they said. They didn't actually explain what that meant. And if he doesn't get a good fight, he kills everyone on the planet. There were a few steps maybe missing in there that I really was sort of more interested in. Uh, and then they said, okay, and we're going to, we're going to have them. There's going to be a lot of like, uh, high level action, like like high kicks and and, and running around and, and and punching people and sliding and sword play. That's going to be in there. That's going to be pretty good. Um, it's going to be awesome, and we're going to call it jujitsu. Now, I wouldn't call myself an expert on jujitsu, but I don't remember a lot of sword play in it, and I don't remember a lot of punching and kicking. So I think the creators of jujitsu didn't really know what jujitsu was. And as several times in the film, Nicolas Cage actually says jujitsu, like he knows what he's talking about, which makes me think he didn't spend any time at all learning anything about jujitsu before he did this film. It's poor, but I enjoyed it. I would think it would be good to watch with friends drunk. I don't think you would want to do this one sober like I did. Uh, there are one significant issue is that Nicolas Cage is supposed to be the older experienced fighter in the film or maybe even like training young people. This requires him to do some jujitsu backflips. Now Nicolas Cage in his current physical form is not capable of doing a backflip. I am not being hypercritical of that because I, in my current physical form cannot do a, a proper backflip. Uh, if you put padding out, I think I could almost make it, but, I would not be successful. So that's not really on him. It's, it's more like we're old men and, and we shouldn't be doing backflips. So for the scenes where he does backflips or high kicks, uh, they get in a stunt double who actually has martial arts skills and abilities. Perfectly fine, perfectly acceptable. Except the character that Nicolas Cage plays apparently loses 40 pounds when he does a backflip and then it comes back on in the next scene. There's a thing called continuity. And maybe if they'd put pillows on the stunt double, I wouldn't have noticed. But I noticed that high kicks, spinning kicks, were usually done from the back. So you see the back of Nicolas Cage's head. Uh, and then he like boots someone in the face. He's lost a lot of weight for that moment. And then when they put the camera back on on his face and stuff, the weight comes back. And that might be part of the jujitsu technique that I don't understand. Because again, there was a lot about the jujitsu in this, in this world that maybe didn't make any sense to me because the jujitsu they were using was not the jujitsu that I knew. And I've said jujitsu way too many times already. So I think I'm going to stop with the jujitsu until I know what jujitsu is, which I don't think I do. I, I don't know. This, mo this movie, someone wrote it. And that to me is maybe the most shocking part is that someone wrote the film Jiu-Jitsu 
never having taken the time to do an internet search of what jujitsu is. They could have called it Kung Fu. And that actually would have worked out because everything is in Kung Fu. And then they were like, ah, oh, if this guy doesn't get a fight, a good fight, I guess, he kills everybody on the other it's one dude. Like I, I'm, I'm assuming, I guess he can take as much time as he wants. It's the eventuality of killing everyone on earth, I guess is what really matters more than anything else. It just the stakes didn't really feel that real. And then there were no rules on like weapons you could use. Cause at the end, uh, this is a spoiler. If you don't want to know how the movie jujitsu with Nicholas cage ends, you might not want to listen to the next part. They cut him open and they stick a grenade in his chest and kick him through the portal. And then he explodes. They didn't, I mean, does, is he coming back? Like he got the fight he wanted, but all the previous times, like the six years previous, did he get a good fight? He didn't die. He came back because he had a name. I think it was Drax, which is a character from an adult swim show, but I'm not going to get into that. That's another sort of rabbit hole in a different direction. Maybe. I might have gotten the name wrong. I'm sure it started with a D. His name was Douglas. <laughs> I don't watch Jujitsu unless you really know what you're in for. Uh, I would recommend Pig. I really enjoyed Pig. It has a weird sub thing that people do where they make chefs tough, which I've never actually agreed with. I don't believe chefs are tough. Um, and then the color out in space, it wasn't bad. I think you would really need to be in the right mood to watch it and enjoy it. But our main topic, weirdly enough, is China. China's morality police. Uh, there's an interesting story recently. Uh, they've taken, they started cracking down on stuff. And they, China's very big on its morals. China has decided to limit the amount of game time kids can play. I think it's three hours a week. It's like like an hour during the week and then two hours on the weekend, something like that. And I think it actually has to be like one hour a day. And they're getting, they're getting really strict. China getting really strict is not a big surprise. It's just I went down a little bit of um, a rabbit hole because the titles of a ton of articles on the internet are China opposes – effeminate men on TV and in media. And this is part of a national rejuvenation campaign. So they don't want kids to play video games because they're basically calling them drugs. They don't want effeminate men being shown in media. And they seem to be focusing primarily on K-pop bands. Now, I am very guilty of making fun of the fact that a lot of the men in these boy bands look like women because I am a manly man, the manliest of men. I do manly things for fun. If I could go out and cut wood right now with my shirt off, I probably would. I, honestly saying that, there's nothing stopping me. I don't have wood or an ax. Oh, I'm absolutely sure that I am the manliest of men. Depends what question you're actually asking now. So you've now crossed the line. Am I the manliest of men or would I go cut wood? because I was just getting into how maybe I don't have an ax or wood to cut, which actually causes the problem. But I am the manliest of men. I, I believe in that. That is, I have gone so far 
I've actually passed the cusp to perfect the the like apex of manly manliness gone all the way to the other side where I'm almost a parody of myself because now I think the things I do that are manly are actually funny because it's like I'm overcompensating to be manly knowing how stupid it is that I'm doing it but I would cut wood if I could cut wood there's the the national rejuvenation in China and they have a couple of things they're doing and they're hit they want to have more babies they want to stop people playing video games. And then part of it is rectifying the image of the Chinese media star. So they want Chinese stars to be manly and not like these K-pop stars or uh, boy bands. And it seems like boy bands were the focus. So there was an essay written and posted to the internet. It was in Chinese, so all, all I could read was translations. Do you know how hard the CIA is working to get you to love effeminate stars? So they're saying the CIA has a program in place to make people fall in love with effeminate stars. I was like, this is an essay I have to read. It was very hard to find the essay fully translated, but I found enough parts. It goes back to 1962. And if you're in Japan, you've heard of Johnny's and Associates. Johnny's and Associates was uh, like one of these things that churns out boy bands. They basically get five guys or 20 guys together. They make a boy band. They throw them out there. If they're popular, they stay. If they're not, they might even break them up and make new boy bands. <clears throat> but it's that kind of thing. It's a system. And they have uh, very set plans and ideas. Turns out that they're saying that Johnny... The, the famed leader, the creator of Johnny and Associates was actually a United States sympathizer. And he colluded with the CIA to create the boy bands he's creating. Then they were going to use this to weaken the male temperament of Japanese society. So basically you have the end of World War II and, and the, 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 the Japanese sort of strength of character is still in place, that sort of samurai ideal in what a man is. And so I was a big fan of movies in the 40s and 50s, like the samurai movies, the old black and white ones, when you had Mifune Toshiro. Mifune Toshiro was the manliest man that I almost would emulate if I wasn't making fun of myself and had gone all the way past actually now becoming a parody of what a man is. He was, to me, the ideal man. Big beard, samurai, strong, cutting people down when they talk back to them, that kind of stuff. Johnny's and Associates was created to brainwash the Japanese people to get them away from this manly ideal. And thus you have Johnny's and Associates, you have J-pop, which has led to the 90s when K-pop started coming up. And so it's, it's basically infecting other Asian countries with the idea of the effeminate male being predominant. Now, Korea has mandatory military service. So when I was in Korea, honestly, some of the manliest men that ever men came from Korea that I saw. These were guys who just naturally were men because they had had to do their two years military service. They had to do two years of really tough stuff. These were the dudes. And again, another group of men I would emulate. I went there. It was late 90s. It was like 98, 99. And that was before the K-pop boom really took off. And I missed my opportunity to join a K-pop group on the ground floor. Because I would have been, I was too old. I was getting close. I was in my late 20s. I think they want you, you sort of early to mid. But I was in really good shape. And I had more hair. 
I would have been a good K-pop boy band member. I could have been the 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 wild foreign one who says weird stuff. And that's a good that would be a good character for a boy band. And it would like offset all the traditional uh boys in the band who were doing traditional sensible things and being good Korean boys. Men. Sorry if I said that too loud. So the growth of K-pop is the result of this initial CIA uh infiltration of Japanese society. And it's now infecting all of Asia because Asia's really big on J-pop, really big on K-pop. K-pop's, you can't argue that K-pop is bigger now. And a significant amount of these guys who I, again, am guilty of making fun of, I made fun of the fact that they look like women. And what I was saying was like, do women find these men who look like women attractive? And I was basically, again, a, a personal insecurity. I was like, I look manly and I try to do manly things. So if you like that, then you don't like me and I'm sad now. So what I want you to say is, no, no, I like both. Or no, no, uh, I just like their singing. Uh, my ideal man is a six foot tall, balding man with a beard. <laughs> That's what I need to hear in life to really you know, feel secure. I need to hear that almost daily. Uh, so I've made a recording and I play it to myself on my phone as I walk out the door every morning. There's a new group called F4. And I actually wasn't 100% cu- I should actually just check. I wasn't 100% sure if they were Chinese or Korean. So I'm actually going to check that right now. Oh, the Wikipedia. Oh, a Taiwanese boy band. So now we're getting into a whole different issue. Actually, let's go back and get a picture of them. I mean, I would actually say they look like men. I mean, the the thing is, the thing I have that I, again, make fun of is that I would mistake some uh, facial pictures of K-pop boy band members as women at times. Like, if I didn't look closely. These guys are... I, I would not even say they're particularly effeminate. I'm actually scrolling down looking for... I mean, he's wearing a scarf, but, you know, honestly, still in a relatively kind of male way. They all look good in their suits. No, I'm sorry. I think China might be a... Uh, sorry, I'd have to say this to you, China, but you might be going a little too far one way. <laughs> I, it's not like China to be unreasonable. I Is China going to attack me now? Oh. They called that band F4, Sissy Pants. Now, if I was going to insult someone for being feminine, I do not believe the insult of choice I would choose as a man, as a manly man who would be out cutting wood right now if I had both wood and an axe. I would not call them sissy pants. I would choose a more manly insult. Um, a gaggle of bitches. See, because what you do, you get the word bitch in there. And bitch is one of the most manly insults you can use because you use it towards other men to say that you are effeminate. That is the whole point of the bitch as an insult. And a gaggle is just fun to say. So they're saying that F4, the members of this, they're sissy pants, they're not men, but women. And they are victims of this 1962 CIA infiltration of the Japanese society to create boy bands with Johnny's and Associates, which is amazing. Because I am now going to spend, after I finish this podcast, spend some time looking more into CIA 
or uh, operations and see if I can find any that are related to culture. I know they've done culture wars before. They've done this kind of, but not the effeminization of women, which is really hit or miss because all it had to do was the first couple boy bands were not popular and it would have failed completely. China is doing sort of a backlash. And one of the things I've actually talked about in a couple of different podcasts is you have things push one direction and then they push back too far and you actually go almost to more extremes. This is what's happening in America and politics and stuff. Uh, you have the sort of Republican governments, they go to this massive extreme and then the other side is this amazingly liberal extreme and they push back and forth. And then hopefully, hopefully it rebalances or you end up with some kind of weird dictatorship. The government is now supporting new media created in China. And the title of a film that was used as an example was Wolf Warrior 2. Now, I haven't seen Wolf Warrior 1, but if I have the opportunity, I'm sure I don't need to see it to really be able to follow the plot of Wolf Warrior 2. It sounds like what they really want to do is bring back action movies. They were talking about how Hollywood stars, the male stars, are all manly men. And I actually think they might be lost in a little bit of the uh, the Marvel thing where you've actually hit this male ideal that's too far beyond. Like, I have a big man crush on Chris Hemsworth as Thor. Uh, and I've said many, maybe too many times that there's the scene where Thor is holding open the the thing that makes the sun go through it, it should have burnt off all his clothes. Not because I wanted to see him naked, but because of the logic of the film fell apart for me at that moment. But these movies have taglines and we've actually kind of forgotten about taglines because basically it just says Ant-Man 4 and you're like, oh, I'm going to go see that. Uh, but a good movie has a good tagline. And so the tagline for Wolf Warrior 2, which is supposed to only have manly men in it, says anyone who offends China will be killed no matter how far the target is. The concern I have right now is I have been slightly undermining Chinese authority. So I have been inadvertently insulting China because while I do not go to support the effeminization of women, of men, I actually don't mind it. If that's what you're into, I actually believe you should be into what you're into. So I make fun of it really because, again, I've hit the nadir of manliness, as Mr. Warmhands has kindly pointed out. I try so hard to be manly, I realize how much of a joke it is that I am that manly. So I can see why actually people would find all that behavior unattractive. So I can agree with the idea that we, we should have men in the world, but I actually think effeminate men really balance everything out really nicely. They need a boy band with five members and each member is more on a scale of manliness. So, so you have one who is the manliest man who could ever man ever. The third member is a complete perfect balance. So basically I would assume a normal dude who has effeminate features and male, super hyper male features. Uh, it depends on the day. And then you have the other side, which is just almost unrecognizable as a male and have them be friends. That's, that would be cool. Because then, because the boy band concept is supposed to have one member forever. You have the bad boy and the good boy and the really tough guy who exercises and the smart guy with wears glasses. That's kind of a cliche, but you could do it with a scale of manliness. It would actually be really interesting. Anyways, I will not be in that band, boy band because I'm too old. 
So anyone who offends China will be killed no matter how far that target is. I kind of want to see Wolf Warrior and Wolf Warrior 2 because I actually, what I really want to see is not the film, but the expression of manliness they put up on screen because clearly they're choosing someone specifically for this part to be the man. And I want to see, because this will actually give me an idea of what the Chinese government considers the ideal man to be. And then I can decide if I want to emulate that or not. The fact that this went so far is to be a 1962 CIA operation has meant that I am going to now go try to find more conspiracy theory. Chinese, I'm now thinking that the Chinese justification for conspiracy theories is going to be a new form of entertainment for me because that is amazing. The loss of the loss of podcast. The loss of podcast. Hey, sexy friend. He's making me his bitch. Thank you for listening. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google, Spotify, or anywhere you get podcasts. You can also watch on YouTube slash Podcast or streaming on twitch.tv slash chest. You can find Ninja News Japan on Facebook. Send questions or comments to speakpipe.com slash Podcast. Link in the description. Check out all the podcasts in the Podcast family. See McBee, Ninja News Japan and Daily Affirmations Weekly. I am here, the manliest of men. Manly 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 man doing manly things like fighting and being big. Growing beards and being emotionally unavailable. I might do pretty good in China. This is a little extra bit after the podcast. I've basically made a decision. You'll probably know that I started C. McBee, the Chunk McBeef Chest podcast. And it's like, why do you have two podcasts that do the same thing? My desire has been to kind of end or retire Velosa podcast, primarily because of the name. So I've actually talked about this before. The name is difficult for people to remember. And I started C. McBee with the intent of having primarily the same content, but with an easier to remember name so that people could say, oh yeah, here's an episode of C. McBee versus, oh yeah, I heard this podcast. Uh, It's got a dinosaur on it. This is episode 266. And I have decided to end at 275, which is a very nice number. It has no value or meaning. I actually then, as soon as I said that, think I should end on some other odd number just because it doesn't have meaning. What's going to happen after that is everything I do here is going to just be part of C. McBee. So my plan right now is to do three episodes of C. McBee a month. It's going to be one C. McBee reads, one C. McBee sort of deep dive topic, and one just random stuff, primarily just internet stuff or news stuff or some other thing I want to talk about. Then that other week when I don't put out a podcast, I'm working on a different project. So I, all of this has just been to try to organize my time, try to get things in order. And I appreciate it. If you want to come with me and listen to C. McBee, that would be great. Uh, if you don't, I'm glad you listen to Velocity Podcast. It's going to all stay up on the internet. I'm going to leave the website there. The website's going to be basically the hub for everything else I do. I'm going to sort of change that and format that a little bit. Uh, but Velocity Podcast has been great. I've made a lot of mistakes. I've messed up the RSS feed like two, three times and people had to download 100 episodes or something and I felt really bad. Uh, I've learned a lot about how to do this. I've upgraded my equipment. I've made small improvements uh, and it's time to now try to do it full on. From now, it's going to be Ninja News Japan every single week, C. McBee 
three times a month. And honestly, I've really enjoyed doing this and I'm hoping C. McBee grows where Veloc Podcast couldn't because you'll actually be able to remember the name and recommend it to friends.